nothing some money, nothing of Swiss. Nothing of Swiss. February 10, 2021. This is Rare Encounter, encounter number 31. You can call me sir or call me daddy, but call me Abel Kirby. And getting spicy with wolves, I'm Cold Acid. Uh Aha, spicy wolves. That sounds like you were into some anime. No, actually the light novels. Oh, those are good too. Yeah. Very good. What'd you do? And actually went a lot further than the the anime did. That's good. What uh? What were the yeah? What we'll never numbers? get a third. We'll never get a third season of Spice and Wolf. <laughs> I am on volume uh seventeen, sixteen. I'm on volume sixteen right now. Well, Sp- Spice and Wolf is such a good fall show. I actually ended up uh, or you know I guess book two, but it has that uh real autumn vibe to the whole thing, especially the anime, the visuals and everything. It's very very uh yeah. Makes you want to go out and, and uh, go leaf peeping or something. Or go out and uh, and thresh some wheat. <laughs> yeah, see what happens. Well, I went out to <laughs> uh, to get something for the show, and I got something that was, um, according to the various liquor stores that I talked to, I was talking to the clerks at a few, and they told me that Buffalo Trace was hard to get these days for whatever reason, and uh, it was just off the shelf. Actually, they were keeping it behind the counter at a couple of these places it was just one of the things that the they didn't make enough and people were drinking way more this year than they thought they were going to and uh so it was off for a while i finally saw it in a in a store on a shelf and so i picked up a bottle of it that's uh the buffalo trace kentucky straight bourbon whiskey it's actually oh i've had this stuff before and i drink it straight too so <laughs> it'd be one well, of me shows. me i've got a i've got my old standby here i got a I got a Pommy's Original Cider. Original Cider? Yep. I've had these I've had these before. They're okay. I'm waiting with bated breath. It has a nice flavor to it. It tastes like nice? It tastes nice. Uh, like I said, I've had them before. And then it's not it's not like one of these things where it's like, I don't want to try this again. It's it's more Yeah, it's okay. It's passable. Oh boy. Well, things uh things have been going off in Baltimore. There's a lot of people uh getting their trials through finally. The, a lot of the courts in the area have had uh, uh you know long delays for various reasons over the last year and they finally I saw in the news today that they finally got the uh the trial for a guy who was doing donuts on a bridge. Uh Oh, nice. Yeah, so he's up on there's a place called Ocean City. Uh, I'll give you a little geography uh, of the area in Maryland. Down below Delaware is Maryland again. Um, So just if you follow the coastline south of Delaware, you're back in Maryland. And there's a whole stretch of a, um, it's called Ocean City, and it's a city, and it's down way at the bottom. And it's a big uh, vacation kind of retreat. It has a big boardwalk. It has a lot of businesses, and, and, you know, it's a summer destination. And uh, they had a pretty big car show there over the summer, and someone got arrested for... uh, and uh, cited for doing donuts uh, on the uh, the bridge, but people were getting in trouble for all kinds of stuff. It turns out it turned into a big party in the summer, and and so I think this was in September. I got some clips, and uh, you can hear 
the clip starts out talking about the the show and then it or it's the car show i should say and then it goes into this uh, local politicians uh ideas about what kind of laws that we need in maryland the weekend uh -oh. pop-up car rally drew officers from several jurisdictions to the streets of ocean city The experience inspired Delegate Hartman to draft new legislation to discourage this behavior. When you have this type of aggression at someone just because they're wearing a certain badge, that, that absolutely fits the hate crime legislation. And I want to add our first responders, whether it be law enforcement, fire and EMS, to that protected class of the hate crime. And apropos of nothing, the car <laughs> rally that got out of hand, they said, well, they, it got out of hand. People were yelling at police officers. And he says, His, uh, this genius says, well, this is just more evidence that uh, we need to expand hate crime laws to include whether you're wearing a badge or not, any kind of badge, he actually says. So I think my water... Uh, Jesus Christ. You know, maybe if you have some Pokemon badges, that's okay. You can be a protected class. <laughs> that's all you need. But, Racist against Pokemans. Uh, yeah. So this guy was no... He, he. This is... He's a Democrat, isn't he? I presume so, but I, I don't know. It's hard to tell. He's from an area that he probably is. Um, the uh, the follow-up. Here's, here's some of the other accomplishments that this guy has. Another bill written by Delegate Hartman established a special event zone. It lowered speed limits and increased fines for exhibition driving. Ocean City officials say it was used with success. Yeah. <laughs> this is the guy saying we need slower speed limits and no fun is allowed anywhere. Ugh, yeah, it has geez. to be a Democrat. It's, this guy is a piece of work. Anyway, so the guy uh, they arrested, this fellow who was doing donuts on the bridge, uh, they picked him up. He finally got through his trial. He had to spend uh, a weekend in jail, which uh, doesn't say if he served yet or not. And then he has 18 months probation. And what he did is on a two-lane bridge with the traffic stopped and everything, he kind of, it might have been more than, might have been, you know, three lanes wide or something like that, maybe even four. And he just does a donut in the middle. He does a burnout in the middle of the bridge. And uh, I'm not saying that's a good idea, but uh, I'm also not saying he shouldn't be punished for it because he's definitely doing something yeah. dangerous. But it looks kind of cool. They had the video of a gun in the engine and <laughs> spinning around. And uh, somehow right. he did not go off the bridge. No, he stayed right in the middle. He stayed on the, uh, the pavement. Yeah. So, and I, I think it was the Bay Bridge. And so that's a giant, it's not like a local town bridge. There's some really big bridges in Maryland that cross over. Yeah, I'm looking at this Chesapeake article Bay, about yeah. it. Chesapeake Bay Bridge, it says. Yeah. In September. I think that's a... Some of them are bridges, and then some of them are bridges, and then they have tunnel sections of them, too. So there's some pretty pretty wild stuff if you get down that way. I haven't been to Ocean City yet. I've been meaning to drive down there. So it's on the list, along with Cumberland. I had to cancel my Cumberland trip. And uh, I, had uh, I had a friend on standby. We we're watching the weather. We were watching the weather and decided we didn't want to do it. Uh, do it last weekend because it was snowing, of course. So uh, unfortunately, it looks like it's going to snow tomorrow and then into next Saturday too. So you know, it might be postponed again. We'll see what happens. It's it's hard yeah, to drive I'm up. Yeah, to the Appalachians when it's snowing. You know, I'm looking at for this weekend when I go driving around to get away from the area of. Highs of negative 10 Celsius. Woo! Yeah. Bring your coat. Fun where I'm going to be going. <laughs> oh, man. You like doing that, getting out? Uh, it sounds like you do that a lot. I don't do it nearly as much as, I, as I'd as i like to. I mean, gas isn't free, 
but more than that, just like the whole the whole COVID bullshit has made it uh, more difficult to just get out and go around and and do things because everything's closed no matter where you go. So it's like, how am I going to get food? Oh, I'm going to have to go to some fucking horrible fast food place that's going to shave a year off my life. Yeah. Right? And, and, and it just builds from there. Yeah, I was watching the... Uh... I, I'm kind of afraid that I might have to sleep in sleep in my SUV <laughs> while, I, while I'm out this weekend. Uh, at least one area in the province is saying that... Uh, Anybody who isn't, who doesn't live in one of the green zones is not allowed to go to any of the restaurants or stay in any of the hotels or motels within that area, even though the lockdown is officially over, although most of the province is still de facto locked down completely. Mm. Yeah. We'll yeah, see. Fuck we'll this see shit. Happens. I'm I'm about I'm about ready to start stringing up these uh, COVID Nazis. Yeah. Give them the old rope. They deserve no better. <laughs> oh boy, calls for violence. The rare encounter. The only place you can get a, a genuine call for violence. <laughs> I'm not calling for violence. I'm just saying. If it happens, I'm not going to oh, shed any yeah. tears if it happens. <laughs> oh boy. Well, I got a, I got some cold read material for us, uh, up in my notes. Ooh, cold read. Cold read. Yeah. So we were talking about languages some time ago, maybe two shows ago, and I, this came across my desk, and I thought you might be interested in it. So the the background of this is a, uh, oh, jeez, I forget what the original language was. I think it was in Portuguese. And someone wanted to write I think so in English. Too. I've heard of this before. Yeah, English as she is spoke. Yeah. It, so what what happened was someone had written or taken a Portuguese to French phrase book, um, and then also had a French to English dictionary. And they went through and they said, "Oh, I have the materials to make a Portuguese to English uh, book." And they uh, they published this after he wrote it. I think in the eighteen hundreds. And it's been around as sort of a joke. In, in some of these, I think Mark Twain wrote the foreword for one of the versions, you know, kind of gives you the that idea of where it came. So, um, Yeah, the book of knowledge is telling me 1855. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's an old one. Uh, I just thought it was funny. So I went in, Project Gutenberg has the whole book up uh, for free, and you can read the foreword. But in the first section, they had uh, just some lists of English things, uh, English language nouns. And so I'll start with the first one. The category is objects of man. The boots, the lining, the buckles, the clogs, the buttons holes, the wig, the buskins, the morning gown, comma, nightgown. I figured you could take right, that. I'll one. take on the next one. <laughs> Woman objects, the busk, the paint or disguise, the sash. The spindle, the connet, <laughs> the patches, the pumps, the skate. The pumps and the skate. <laughs> oh, boy. Those are all the things that women have. They have their pumps, they have their skates, they have their patches. You know, if your woman has patches, maybe she's raggedy in. Yeah, they got, they got the spindles because they're the ones that do the sewing, right? Yeah. And we have for the table, some knives, some groceries, some it's a short list. 
fishes and shellfishes, calamari, large lobster, dorado, snail, a sauté of fish, wolf, hedgehog, <laughs> torpedo, sea kelp. Oh, boy. And that gives you an idea of what's going on in this book. It's a... Uh... If you think a hedgehog is a fish might be a problem <laughs> hold on a second i found uh i found that it's also on wiki source wiki source and yes and i'm going to read i'm going to do a cold read out of the anecdotes section of this book okay actually maybe i should idiotisms and proverbs idiotisms <laughs> that sounds even better. I think it mean. I think they. I think he meant idioms, but uh, idiotisms <laughs> suits this work so much better. Oh boy! Hit me. So I shall read a few of these. In fact, I will in the back channel send you yeah. the link, and you can read some of them as well. Alright, so. let's take a look. The necessity doesn't know the low. Few, few the bird make her nest. He is not valuable to breed that he eat. It's are some blue stories. Nothing some money, nothing of Swiss. Nothing of Swiss. <laughs> he sin in trouble water. <laughs> We've got a bad arrangement is better than a process. Really? What? <laughs> I'm going to ponder this idiotism. <laughs> he has a good beak. Okay. Tweet, 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 tweet. Not sure what that's supposed to mean. In the country of blinds, the one-eyed men are kings. Well, that one translated fairly well. This is almost like the game of telephone, you know? If you... It's one of these things you used to... The modern version of this is you could go to, like, Google Translate... And you type in a phrase and translate it to a language, and then you translate it to maybe to a third language in the back, and you push it around until it hits stability. So at some point, after you keep oscillating between the two translated languages, it settles on one thing. And uh, I remember your... a service. I remember a website that would do that back in back in our days of hanging out in the KS IRC. Yeah, <laughs> there is actually one that was. It would do that between English and Japanese. And, yeah, wow, that could get really weird really fast. <laughs> to buy cat in pocket. To be as a fish into water. Uh, some of these are... To build castles in Esplagnish. <laughs> What's Esplagnish? Espagnish. Espagnish. Oh, I see it. Well, Espagnish. God damn. Oh, boy. All right, that's enough fun. So what do you up to... You bring I, any, think, uh, uh, I think I think Duodenum in the in the uh, in the chat room actually found like the modern <laughs> version of uh, of that service I was talking about. Oh boy, translationparty.com. Start with an English phrase. Hi, I am unable Kirby. Find equilibrium. Oh yeah, here we go. It's going. It's really going. So I typed in hi, am unable Kirby. I guess it missed a letter in there. An equilibrium found. I'm looking for the. Uh, I'm looking for the answer. Hello, it is possible. I just possible Kirby. I checked one that was already done. It was started with, "If I get 600 votes, I get a pug. Help me out here." <laughs> and it went. 
it was pretty quick. It one translations to Japanese back into English, into Japanese, and then Equilibrium found back into English. If you get 600 votes, you will get a pug. Please help me here. <laughs> uh, it's like the telephone game. Yeah. Thank God I'm free from you can't... Thank God I'm free from you can't jail me. Oh. It doesn't make sense in English to start with, but they say, uh, the war is over. <laughs> the <Peace> war is over. <laughs> <laughs> The war That's, is over! Peace that is, is great. Yay for peace! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these are going into the show notes for sure. Oh, uh, yeah. We can't be the only ones to have fun with them. Oh, boy. So we had. Sir Matthew, I, I was a pog champ back in the days. Oh, was Sir Matthew on? I heard Sir Matthew on uh, Hug Story. Yeah, oh, wow, he was yeah. on last week. Yeah. I had a wicked ass. Uh, I had a wicked ass slammer back when I was a kid, <laughs> a and playing pogs. Oh yeah, it was like it was like solid brass. <laughs> oh boy, it's gonna weigh a lot. Oh yeah, it did. <laughs> solid it fucking brass. flipped those pogs like nothing else, though. I tell you. Woo! Pog champ. Pog champ. Yeah, I was the pog champ. Yeah. Yeah, well, we're talking about podcasts. Let's do a quick rundown here. Uh, so we had Hog Story did their they did uh, an episode with Matt uh, last week, but then their newest episode was Dun Boykin, which is one fifty six, and I believe that came out yesterday. I was listening to it today, so I only got a little bit in. Uh, Grumpy old Ben's have episode one thirty three. Joke points. Joke points. Joke points. Joke points. That was so. That was so hilarious. Joke when, points. When uh, yeah, Bemrose keeps saying choke points, and then it gets called out. And I think it was. I think yeah, it was Fletcher who called it out, and then like Darren just like broke out laughing in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> well, that was the. It was beautiful. That was the beginning of uh, the episode. Started with choke points. Choke points. Choke. It's like the montage of saying choke. Points. <laughs> I'm choking. I'm choking on these choke points. Uh, it's been 310 days since the last episode of Maps with Matt and Nick the Rat. I cannot access the sewer. I've been rejected when I tried to get in the sewer earlier today, so I, uh, I have no report on that. I'm sure he's up to uh, something. N- Nick locked down the manhole covers, huh? Or I cleared my cookies. Either one or the other. It's hard to tell. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy. I was listening so to yeah, it. I was I, I was actually surprised I'm actually surprised that Dunboykin actually got released as quick as it did because well there were a lot of technical difficulties when uh, when Fletcher and uh, Carolyn were doing the show on Monday. Uh-huh. What kind of and, technical uh, difficulties? Uh enough that enough that they had to like cut recording and fix things a few times during the show. Kind of like what happens uh, every so often when listening to No Agenda live and uh, and John's connection drops or something else happens on John's side of the internet or, or Brave decides to take a crap all over clean feed on Adam's side these days. Yeah. Yeah, I was listening to that. I was listening to uh, them talk about the Super Bowl, Super Bowl commercials. I don't suppose you watched the Super Bowl. No, fuck no. American football is too rough and tumble, I guess. <laughs> no, I just don't give a damn about sports ball. Uh, I thought it was fun. I watched the whole thing. You know, we have we have football. We have, like, American-style football up here. But our field is 
20 yards longer and one less down. Yeah, I've heard of this. So um, it's it's yeah, it's a it's a tougher game. No, it's oh, sorry, it's only ten yards longer. It go the midline is one oh five is fifty five. Shrift five. But yeah, I mean like longer field, fewer downs, and yet everybody watches American football, which where they have it easier, like less distance you gotta run, an extra down. Wussies. Well I was wearing Wussy my- American football. I was wearing Play Canadian rules, babies. I was wearing my XFL hat all day today, by the way, so get my head in that league. If they ever start up again, I think it's next year is what we the reporting we was. Now that uh Oh, who was it? Was it The Rock owns it? We reported it on here, I forget who it was. I think it was The Rock. I think it was The Rock. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Now owning football. So one of the things I was listening to about two weeks ago um, was a podcast, a podcast, a podcast on um, radiation. And it was specifically on the Fukushima uh, disaster, the nuclear power plant. And we mentioned it on the last show. I didn't clip it. It's very hard to clip it. The, uh, The podcast I was listening to was actually from Oxford, and it was a lecture by... Um, a uh, guy who was presenting in 2012, so a year after the Fukushima, well, a year after the tsunami, uh, and they were still kind of working on the Fukushima stuff. Uh, and so it's contemporary. What The stuff that he was talking about on it was, you know, current. He's, he's talking about it as it's happening. And I thought it was very interesting. So uh, when I explained that to you last show, you know, I, I said, hey, why don't we do this this show? So I, I actually went out of my way and clipped a bunch of stuff about the uh, the Fukushima plant and the uh, the earthquake and uh, put a little package together we can no, I thought we were gonna save the, the save the nuke stuff for when we got my brother on given uh, given his uh, employment and, and field of work well I, although he deal he deals with uh, he deals with handling the waste afterwards more than anything I well, you know, if you want to put it off, we can put it off. I have the, the clips, and it's not... I'll tell you what. We're coming up on the anniversary. Um, it'll be March... Was it March 11? Mm-hmm. Somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. I know it I know it was March. Well, how about this? I'm going to play some teaser clips, and then when we get your brother on, uh, maybe we can do it... I wonder if that'll be one of the anniversaries. It'll be right, up, right around the anniversary of the, the earthquake. We'll have an episode on that. So why don't we I'm, do that? I'm looking it up right now, and will you do that? Let me yeah, play. Yeah, 11 March 2011. Yeah. So let's uh, let me play a little background on that just to get everyone's brain in the right place, and maybe I'll do one bit, one little bit of this guy um, Wade Allison uh, to give you a, a taste of who he is, and uh, we'll, then we'll leave it there. So here's the BBC report, um, just talking about the situation. On Friday the 11th of March 2011, a major earthquake hit Japan's east coast. It was the most powerful the country had ever seen. It triggered a 40-meter tsunami that wrecked everything in its way. Residents were given just an eight-minute warning. The tsunami would go on to claim the lives of around 20,000 people. With a 40-foot wave, those close to the impact didn't stand much of a chance. For weeks, 
there was chaos and devastation and thousands of people would never even be found. And just as some background, I'm going to throw in an ABC clip. Uh, this is Bill Weir at ABC um, talking about some of the situation. And I think he has some boots on the ground in here. This government ministry meeting interrupted. These school children forced to run for their lives and airport workers covered their heads with security bins as the earthquake brought down a huge chunk of ceiling. Pillars toppled at a Buddhist temple. Fires burned across the northern part of the country as gas lines ruptured and this oil refinery was engulfed in massive flames. People started running out of nearby buildings um, and when you looked up, uh, you could see uh, that the skyscrapers nearby were swaying like trees in the wind. And so that's the, uh, the bit about the earthquake and what happened with the... Um, let's, let's get to uh, this guy, Wade uh, Allison. And just here's the first, the beginning of his speech. And this is the first thing I heard about him and it kind of endeared me to him. So um, just in the, in the context of the, uh, actually, let me play one more thing first. I, I'm sorry, I got to jump back here. This is uh, the, this whole series of clips and I'll, I'm going to save most of them. Um, takes place in 2012. And so it's just after, uh, I think the, or it's coming up on a year anniversary. Uh, and this is an RT clip and this is what I remember the most about was reports that sounded like this. Moving on to the continuing nuclear crisis in Japan, a radioactive wave is headed toward the United States. Scientists with the Woods Hole Oceanographic Institution are tracking debris from last year's Japanese earthquake and tsunami as it makes its way across the Pacific Ocean. That debris, which carries with it extremely high levels of radiation, is currently 186 miles off the coast of Japan and could start lashing the coast of the United States within the year, depending on the currents. Scientists are immediately concerned about marine life being hit with radiation levels millions of times above normal. But by next year, it'll be in our marine food supply, our rain, and our coastal waters. We're all going to die. And I remember oh, that. No. I remember that coming up on No Agenda uh, at the time. Uh, the radioactive wave that was supposed to come and kill us all, and then it never came. And oh, brother! The thesis of this guy Wade Allison, who's uh, who does this presentation, and I'll link the, I'll link the, uh, and who can't pronounce tsunami. <laughs> yeah, there was another mistake in there. Someone said forty feet when they meant forty meters. On they were talking about the height of the waves. Um, I don't know if, if anyone else caught that, but... It, it I think I'm little... actually picking on his accent with that. Uh, it, I think a lot of uh, British people can't seem to get that Sioux sound yeah. at all. They just do two instead. Anyway, let me, let me do one or two clips on this guy, Wade. Here's, here's his intro. Thank you. Anyone looking at the newspapers in the last few days may have noticed that public opinion is completely blind to fact. If it sells newspapers, it doesn't have to be true. And that can have some exceedingly serious consequences. And I want to explore some of those today. Yeah. Wow, that's, that's been true since the 1890s, yeah. hasn't it? Yeah. It's, uh, you know... It's Buckinghurst. The, the if it bleeds, it leads kind of mentality is, uh, is definitely in there. And what he mm -hmm. goes through for, uh, for his presentation is what are the facts of the situation... Um, what is a safe dose of radiation? What is a dangerous dose of radiation? What is radiation in the first place? And what are the regulations? Where do they come from? Who decided why they, what level they should be at and how did they reach those conclusions? And uh, as he works his way through it, it becomes more and more apparent that, uh, that there's political motivations behind uh, 
a lot of the disaster response and not the immediate disaster response. So there, there was a disaster. And then the way that they treated um, uh, all of the citizens and everyone in the area as, you know, that year, the next year after that went on was really uh, didn't seem like it was informed by science much. And he, just to cut to the end, he kind of draws the conclusion that a lot more people died from the being displaced and from being pulled out of hospitals and forced to evacuate. And the, the whole situation was created um, really for a, in the name of safety, in the, in the name of an abundance of caution. And oh, kind it was, of like it the was unnecessary. Well, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to tie him together. My whole thesis was, I was going to say, well, you know, here's something that uh, I'm going to talk about the Fukushima incident and then make innuendos that it's uh, similar shits going on right now. Nah, sorry. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we can we can put this aside. All these clips are kind of evergreen, so this whole package I can save, and we can bring it up uh, maybe in a couple weeks if you want to. Yeah, actually, actually, I'll see, like, if we can get Nick to be on the show on March 10th, the day before the 10th anniversary of this, I think that would be a perfect time to cover Fukushima and nuclear power in general. Yeah, let's do that. Rounds it all out nicely, right? Yeah, so that's uh he'll be it's 30 episode encounter 31, 32, 33, 34. It'll be encounter 35. Yeah, if you can yep. get him on that day. Yeah, okay. I'll I'll lean on him. I'll lean him on him after this. Well, in the meantime, I got to a little bit of anime. I was watching Higarashi in there uh, Unsurprisingly. Yeah. <laughs> It's all the same crap, different day. <laughs> you know, it's the, it chugs along. The series has been, uh, it was one of my favorites since I first saw it, continues to be. You know, I, the, uh, all the other shows I'm watching, I am keeping track of them, but it's just, there's nothing to report. There, some of them are fun to watch once in a while, but there's nothing I want to come out and endorse. So, other than the Super Bowl, the Super uh, Bowl was fun. Meanwhile, in Higurashi. Yeah. I thought you were going to, I thought you were going to like, talk about what's happening now oh you want me to um they did a time skip so the the last the super gory chapter ended and they they ended with a time skip so it's now it's a year later and uh you can tell all the because they go to a uh you know a japanese school all the uniforms change and so the two youngest girls the rika and sadako end up wearing different uniforms at the at the beginning of the episode, that's when you know something's really weird. They always have this; they have kind of their iconic character designs uh, that have been there for you know since the beginning, and now all of a sudden they have you know all these everything. Everyone looks different, and everyone's a year older, and it's very uh, I don't know it's surreal. I guess now they've done time skip stuff before, but there was time skips backwards. So I don't know. Uh, waiting to see where it goes. It's it's unclear where this uh, what the direction of this uh, this uh, arc is going to be. So, well, I'm looking through these pictures and I'm seeing some weird stuff. Ah, uh, yeah. So let me go through the pictures uh, real fast. We had chili peppers. Chili peppers. Yeah, there's um, I don't know. I think I'm going to pick that first or that second photo for the newsletter, which is the preventative serum isn't 100% effective. <laughs> yeah that would that'd be good and topical yeah yeah i like this one here that has like these stacks of magazines though hobby nippon with what looks like james bond on the cover <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they have the uh it's ultraman 
on or, yeah there's I, ultraman on one of them and godzilla on another <laughs> i think i want to use that one too that one uh, looks pretty cool like all the yeah the airplane ones it's gods it's actually godzilla grabbing like a, a jet airplane looks kind of fun is it let's well, grab it something hold on a second i gotta looks like an airplane i i'm not sure he's actually grabbing it it looks like an insert picture and they just have them overlapped because it's the wrong hand uh well well, wait a minute. Is Godzilla left-handed or right-handed? We need to know. I'm not sure, but the, the <laughs> hand is in the hand is in front of the wing, and it's his right hand, and he's facing towards the left of the magazine, right? So it's like the hand is in front of the plane. The wing's going to crash into him. So he's slapping it away. Hand. He's just slapping it away. That's all he's doing. Maybe he's slapping it away. Could be. <laughs> is that plane? That, that, that would work, too. Fuck this plane. Go away, plane. I've had enough of you. <laughs> Oh boy, yeah, and those are the new uniforms with the black uh, ties. I'm still not clear on why Japan decided they take you know men sailor uniforms and put them on girls, but it's someone decided to do fetish. That. Yeah, in well, they started doing it in like the early 1900s. Uh, it was like 1910s. Fetish, fetishes are without are without time. I don't think it was that, but uh, sure, okay, we can believe whatever we want. <laughs> <laughs> it's Japan, man. You and me in Japan. Watch me dance. There's a sheep <laughs> doing roofing over at my house. You should drop in. We can put on Zeppelin and eat cheddar cheese. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> you ever see that shit? <laughs> no, no. What the hell is that? Hey, you guys. Who painted my ass white? No, that was the way before NFL... Um, did those bad lip dubs before it was like a popular meme fad thing. The first one, first guy who was doing it was a guy named DJ O, DJ Orange. And he would do Star Trek The Next Generation bad lip readings. And uh, I, I play the audio, but you, you really need to see the video with it. it, it it's not funny because it's the, you know, them saying words that have kind of the same lip shapes as what they're actually saying, you know, but it's nonsense. And the, the, so it was good stuff. That's all. That's on YouTube. It was DJO. Was the guy like the letter O, or like O H or what? I think it was DJ. Let me look for it now. Okay, fine. DJO uh, lip dub. I think is what he called it. Lip dub. No, that's not it. No, don't play anything. Let me mute the stupid tab. DJ Orange. Maybe that was it. Oh, there it is. Happy in Paraguay. Yeah, that was it. So he does this bit where he, uh, I don't know, let's listen a to it. A pound of relish in an anchovy would kick ass. Want me to Halifax? Watch me eat 450 fucking hard-boiled eggs. There are too many penguins eating lunch shit. You know, and so on and so forth. This is all non sequiturs. <laughs> that was funny. That was Worf. <laughs> it, it sounds like my sort of thing. Oh, uh, yeah. Let me let me get the link and I'll, I'll post it for you. To, I'm just going to send it in chat for you. Put it in the stupid. Here, I'll put it. I'll, I'll send it to you and we can post it after the show. Alrighty. There's a sheep doing roofing over at my house. Uh, that was funny. All right, oh. what were we talking about? <laughs> oh, we were talking about Higurashi. Oh, I'm done with that. All right, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna move on. I started watching uh, Prisma Ilia Two Way Hertz uh, today, and uh, FBI, open up! <laughs> yeah. So what's, <laughs> wow! What's, like, what's Two Way Hertz? Is that a sequel or an OVA or something? That is that is the third that is the third season. So the the second part of Prisma Ilia Two Way. 
Although it's really, it's really, I mean, like, given that 2A was 10 episodes, and this is 10 episodes, and the original season was, t was 10 episodes plus an OVA, I think it's safe to say that, yeah, it's really a third season. Okay. And so... All the all the little lollies are getting are getting their uh, swimsuits for going to the beach, and mm -hmm. it just like I was feeling like, am I going to be arrested for watching this? Yeah. <laughs> now, just plus to, forbidden love. Just so we're clear, girls that can't love girls. Dvorak only told you to watch the first season, so I'm considering this voluntary at this point. It it is, and as. It's out of a. It's out of like a twisted sense to see. Like I've gone this far, I might as well just go the whole way at this point. Oh, <laughs> uh, jeez. Well, isn't there's a, that's a fallacy. There's a there's a fallacy about that, isn't there? I think there's a rules for radicals about that. And but there no like there's this there's this thing like uh, the sunken cost fallacy or something. Oh yeah, where yeah. you get in you get in so deep that you just like keep pouring into it instead of like cutting your losses. I, I thought you were going for like Saul Alinsky. If you push yeah. a negative hard enough, it becomes a positive. <laughs> Dwadnum, Dwadnum. This is not a show with much plot at all in in either sense of the word. <laughs> Oh boy! Now, if you want plot and economics combined, now you want to see Mao Yusha. Oh, I thought you were gonna go back to uh, Spice and Wolf. I guess there's well, no plot. Well, Spice and Wolf doesn't have, like, she doesn't not have the same sort of plot as Mao, <laughs> right? Oh uh, yes, not the story. <laughs> when kind you're of talking plot. that kind of plot. Oh boy. Well, uh, I but it's also it's also like a really interesting economics and politics based series that uh, that I really enjoyed watching and uh, reading what little got translated into English off of uh, off of that site that like arranges all that sort of thing. What's it called again? Bakasuki. Bakasuki. Yeah, yeah, the light yeah. novel translation site. Yeah, so in Podcast 2.0, they have those SRT files. That's the format that they use for uh, for um, the transcripts, right? Am I correct yeah. in that? And I was thinking about that. Back in the old fan translation, I mean the fan sub days, um, as soon as we... I remember the day when the subtitles were burned into the video. Um, but yeah, then there I remember was, that too. You could, and so you could get a high-quality XVID, uh, or DivX, I'm sorry, um, yeah, it was DivX, high quality DivX version of the show, and you know it'd be, uh, you know, uh, you know. For, I think I remember when 720p came out, and everyone was, "Wow, this is amazing!" It was the super, the super high def version. And anyway, the the format that that was SRT embedded, muxed into those files, right? Like muxed into the uh, sometimes the SRT, file. sometimes ass. There's a there's a few different subtitle formats that uh, that were rolling around back then and even today yeah and then sub i remember substation alpha was one of them or was that a piece of software yeah that's where there? ass comes from yeah yeah but they really the thing that i was thinking about was um it always had a leg up over dvd subtitles because 
the the standards that were they were using to to you know encode subtitles and then display them always had a lot more shit inside it than people were putting on like a DVD. And I know in a DVD with a subtitle track you could put a whole video on there if you really wanted to, but that's not what people were doing. Not that's not what companies part, were doing. Part of it, part of it, I think, really was like direct Vob sub. Yeah, Vob sub. It would uh, it would put on the subtitles a lot nicer than like default like dvd style subtitling yeah and even like when i'm watching when i'm watching uh when i'm watching shows on the roku right with the high dive app on roku uh it comes across like that it's like it's like this black box with like white or yellow text inside of it It like Like, jaggy like really old (laughs) like no, like not even alias. Like we're talking like 1980s era uh, closed captioning sort of look to it. Yeah. Right. And and, and then of course the, the I watch I watch the same thing on the on the computer. Right. High dive on the computer, or I watch anything that I've downloaded, and it's really nice. There's no there's no horrible black background for the subtitles. It's just like it's just like the text with a black outline around the letters so that you have like the uh the contrast right so you can properly read them we were doing styled subs on there way before any of the other releases were or uh, you know when they when they had like crappy dvd rips of um i don't know like the 300 or something i it was a movie that was coming coming out at the time and yeah, because, because Substation Alpha and Advanced Substation Alpha, they actually supported all these all these formatting features for the text. And SRT is just plain strip of text that goes that goes somewhere. It the, right? the worst is when they had um, and this is terrible on DVDs. When the it's not timed right, so you have someone talking, and then after they start talking, the subtitle shows up or. Or their line shows up on the screen a second before they actually start speaking, and it's irritating that they can't get that down. And the software you would use, I think it was Substation Alpha uh, to make that. Uh, I can't remember the name of the stupid program. I can think of the desktop icon it has, but it, oh, pretty it would much show you, all of them let you. It would let zoom you, in like, on the waveform, the uh, audio waveform, so you could always queue up the subtitle. Uh, uh, to to make it appear on the screen and make it disappear from the screen, you could see the audio waveform at the top, and you could line up the marker with the uh, with the audio waveform, so you could get really good timing on there. And you get commercial releases that would come out of Hollywood. They just it was like an afterthought. Like uh, someone sat there and kind of uh, you know half assed the whole thing. Yeah, um, because because they did. Yeah, they did. But. Anyway, I thought that was funny. That's the the latest exploit. I never thought subtitles would be the transcription or the SRT file would be the transcription medium for podcasts. But, you know, I'm looking at a screenshot of Aggie sub and it looks like it does that. Oh, yeah, that was it. That was the software. A-E-G-I sub. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The um, icon with the eyeball. (laughs) I should have said that. Yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. So anyway, uh, where's the tools for the, for podcast? Where's the uh, Eggy Sub version for uh, for putting sub putting the uh, the transcriptions exactly where I want them? My podcast. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think that makes sense unless you have a video podcast. If you don't have a video podcast, all you need is SRT because all you need is just like a direct transcription where the lines are 
are marked at the right times. Uh, we're going to have karaoke styled subs that blink in and with two languages on the top of the screen. And then we'll have the katakana running down the side of the screen. We're going to have everything, man. This show is going <laughs> to... Rear encounters going to be blown <laughs> oh, out. Brother. <laughs> uh, boy, we could do a whole second Stop, show. Stop, man. Look, we could do a show... <laughs> If we went to stereo, we could have a show on the left side, a show on the right side channel, and then we could have a third show as the subtitles that you read while you're listening to the other two. Why stop there? Let's go seven point one. <laughs> What's seven? We can have oh. we can have six six shows and no seven shows, the subtitles and an additional baseline. Yeah, and so there's for just someone, all of them. Someone who with a really deep voice is just on the subwoofer all day. This is my show. You're in the podcast. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get, uh, what's, what's his name? Who, who voiced Darth Vader? Uh, uh. And Simba. <laughs> and Simba. Oh, geez, the Verizon commercial. I can't remember I his name. Damn it. Normally, I could just, like, roll his name right off my tongue. And <laughs> right now, like, right now, like, just brain fart. Yeah, well, I'm sure the troll room will help you. It's, a. Uh... Da, 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 I don't know. Da, da. They haven't been saying anything for uh, James, for a while. James Earl Jones. Yeah, they James. Yes, James Earl Jones. I was going to say we Colin go. Powell, and then I felt bad, and so I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Colin Powell. Colin Powell. Give me a break. Yep. <laughs> Colin Powell. <laughs> There'll be no one to stop us this time. All right. What else do we? Ha oh, I never got onto. I never got onto the topic I wanted to want to discuss today. So, so you know how uh, you know how like most people when they when they have like a book and they want to scan it in, they chop off the spine and everything. Yes, I'm aware of this. Yes. So, the Internet Archive is scanning in books, but they don't do that. They, in fact, have a custom custom built machine for book digitization yeah yeah sorry Booberry is correct not simba mufasa mufasa simba's dad uh but going going back to this so they actually have this they actually have this machine where where like you have the book on like this v-shape and you go through the pages and this platen comes down flattens it out it takes a picture uh lifts up you flip the next page and they're doing it this hard way, one page, one or I guess two pages really at a time, and then and then run it through their their software for for putting everything together from this machine that they call Scribe. Oh yeah, that's, and, that's the OCR process and the the yeah their OCR software and everything. Yep. And this is uh, they have over two million books now digitized doing this hmm. yeah is this one where you you said manually turn the page Does that mean there's someone there turning the page yes you're there turning every single page through the process uh-oh yeah it, it, it is it is not it is not a good job for people who are easily bored or easily distracted well I, they could get bob seeger to do it maybe <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was bad. I apologize now, for that. Now, the other thing, too, is when I was looking this up, there's actually uh, there's actually a website on how to build your own book scanner like this. Okay. And 
Honestly, I'm I'm kind of tempted <laughs> to build a book scanner. To build a book scanner like that and scan in a bunch of these uh, these older technical books that I have from like the seventies, eighties, and nineties. So, just to give me an idea of what kind of books you're you're talking about, do you have any handy you could read some titles off for me? Uh, let me stand up and look at my bookshelf. Oh, here we go. Da, 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 da. The Ultimate DOS Programmer's Manual. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a classic. The Manual for GW Basic 3.22. Oh, bestseller. Oh. Various <laughs> Commodore manuals, mm -hmm. both user guides and, uh, and programmer's uh, manuals. So that's something that sounds like people might want to read. Yeah. Especially Commodore enthusiasts. Yeah, and the thing is, like some of these, some of these do have uh, do have like ebook versions of them out there from people scanning or typing them in, but they're like plain text. Yeah. They don't have the images that are in them or anything. They don't have any sort of pagination, and I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like. I don't like. Like one of the things that bothers me with uh, with Project Gutenberg. Is that up until very recently, all their ebooks were just plain text, and then like if you had any other if you had any other formats, they were simply more or less handcrafted from those plain text files. Hmm. I Things guess. have gotten a little better recently. They now do have like, for example, in a lot of cases, proper EPUBs and the like. But still, like a lot of the older stuff that they have on there. Like, even when they have an EPUB, it's still, like, the old hand-built-from-the-text document, right? Yeah, <sighs> yeah, I know. I've been through there. I wonder if they still have the random book feature on there. Um, I'm on on Gutenberg? Right I think there was a random... Yeah, here we go. Random. Random book. I've done that a couple times where you just hit the random button and you see what you get. So let me click that. We're on random books. Not to derail your book uh, <laughs> scanning thing. I mean, even the even this one of English as she as she has spoke, you look at that and you can tell all they did was uh, was like run the text file through a very basic HTML generator that just replaced replaced like every new line with a break tag, more or less. I sent you a link for the the Gutenberg page with the when you open that, it should give you about twenty different books that are just randomly picked from the catalog. Okay, so it actually it actually uses paragraph tags. So I guess it's it's breaking whenever there's like whenever there's like two new lines to create a paragraph and wherever there's just one it puts in a, a break tag. But it's still like that sort of that sort of like bullshit tra transference from text. All right, let's look at this. Wandering in northern China. Mhm. Mm Kenilworth levels one and two for finish. Yeah. The newspaper by George Binney Dibley. Okay. Punch or the London Charivari, volume 105, July 29th, 1893. <laughs> That's a classic. The Log of the Jolly Polly oh, by no. Richard Harding Davis. Log. <laughs> the House on the Borderland by William Hope Hodgson. The Age of Tennyson by Hugh Walker. Mm. 
a finished version of Alexandre Dumas's Cecile. The fin the finished version. Yes, the finished version. Uh. The art of lead burning. <laughs> a Greek translation of Cyrano de Bergerac. So this is a fun thing to to click on. I've done this before. We've gone on there and just get a random list of books and click into them and then scroll. Oh, here's halfway one through, that sounds know? interesting. Lives of the Necromancers by <laughs> William Godwin. That's plural lives. They all have multiple lives. They're necromancers. Well, yeah, they're necromancers. Yeah. They come back when they die. Oh, boy. This was the author, 1756 to 1836. Uh, LOC class. BF, philosophy, psychology, religion. Or sorry, religion, psychology, philosophy, psychoanalyst. See, it's everything you need all in one place. All you need to do subject, is go to this Magic, sub history. Subject, magician's <laughs> biography. Subject, witchcraft, history. Subject, witches, biography. Now we are reading literally the library, uh, the catalog. It's like reading the dictionary. Yes. You know what? And I this is another. This is another one of these older ones where they just took like plain text and. Ran it through. Ran it through some bullshit. Mm. Lives of the Necromancers, or an account of the most eminent persons in successive ages who have claimed for themselves, or to whom have been imputed by others, the exercise of magical power. That can you say that uh, link? Because that sounds interesting. Yeah. If I know, if you refresh the page, it goes away. We might not be able to find it again. Oh, well, we'll take a look. By author William Goodman. It's talking about demigods. Wow, this this could be fun. All right, I'm going to put that in my the back pocket. The main purpose of this book is to exhibit a fair delineation <laughs> of the credulity of the human mind. Such an exhibition cannot fail to be productive of the most solitary lessons. Hmm, yes, quite. Hmm. Good show, lad. Meanwhile, on the moon. Yeah, so... I've gotten through everything. Yeah, boy. Well, let's have a quick rundown. Uh, let's see, I had a couple of things at the end. Yeah, who who's playing tonight? Oh, no one's playing anymore. <gasps> we ran out we of teams. We don't have any more teams left, eh? We uh, ran out. I think we ran out of teams. There's no more teams anymore. We have oh, the Saguenay Hot Spikes and the Toronto Boomerangs. That's the last on the list. Yeah. Yeah. I think the season's closed. We're going to have a new gimmick at the end of the show. To be decided. Anyway. Pass in your ideas, listeners. <laughs> Until then, and of course, well, how about this? Let's uh, let's plug the show for a minute. So we have Rare Encounter is recorded live uh, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, always Eastern. And yep. we have the Troll Room. You can always come in and join on irc.zeronode.net. Uh, We're in uh, room uh, Rare Encounter. And you can troll along with the show and, and, uh, and uh, talk to us while we're doing the show. Uh, we're also all on uh, No Agenda Social. I think we have email addresses too, but I I don't even remember what those are. I think we have set up show at uh, rareencounter.net, and it sends to both of us. All right, so if you send to show at rareencounter.net, you s apparently you go to both. Well, you go to my spam box, and maybe cold cold ass, and we'll see it. <laughs> uh, I get no spam. <laughs> Until then, uh, you get a no spam. Hmm. Hmm. I've got to work on that. Uh, until next oh, time. That, that's a lie. I get I get loads of spam. Actually, I just never pay attention to any of my email. 
even the important stuff. And the important stuff uh, is never that important anyway, if you really think about no, it. No, it's it's never that important. So, uh, until next time, I've been Abel Kirby. I've been Cold Acid. We'll talk to you later. Mm -hmm.